0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So I'm going to talk about something a little unpleasant today, and that is crime and why crime has gotten so much worse over the last several years, uh, which is something that I see a lot in D.C., DC's always been – it's not big as in like geography. Like it's not a big city, but it's kind of a – it's it's a big city as far as it's like we have a lot of people and it's got the same kind of vibe, but it's always been like a smaller big city. That made no sense. I realize if you don't know what DC is like, but it made sense to me. But I used to be able to – DC used to be really dangerous. And then in like 2008, you know, 2000 to like 2020 really, it was actually not too bad for a bigger city. I didn't feel – you know, unsafe being outside, you know, at night, obviously there's, you need to be safe anyway, but then things got pretty bad right after the pandemic or towards the end of the pandemic. And now like we hear about, it's not even just like shootings. There's like, like stabbings and there's theft everywhere. And so that, that really got me thinking, you know, and this is not just DC, it's everywhere. Why why have things gotten so bad? Uh, because it is, it's, it's kind of scary. not kind of scary. It's, it's really, really scary. So one thing, every time I was doing research on this, one thing that kept coming up is like violent crimes are up, but murders are down. So I guess that's something to, (laughs) to celebrate. And maybe that's because medical care is better. I don't know. But um, so violent crimes are rising. Murder is down. I guess that you could look at that as a silver lining. But, you know, why is that? It, there's got to be reasons for it. And one big thing that keeps coming up is economic issues. And that might yeah. seem weird to you. Like, what does that have to do with someone being violent? What does that have to do with stores being broken into? And as it turns out, a lot. It has a lot to do with that. Because when people find themselves in in poor or bad economic situations, they get desperate, right? Especially if you need to feed yourself or get something for your family, um, and and you start leaning towards things you didn't think you'd do. So inflation was actually one of the biggest reasons that people think crime is going up. And inflation, of course, you guys know, is when the price rises because the government meddles with everything. And we've seen inflation go off the charts the last few years. It is, you know, parents who are doing grocery shopping. I know every time I go to the store, and I shop at Whole Foods, so it's already bad. But... It, <laughs> just shocking how much we spend on eggs, you know, and I'm a big fan of like free range, you know, organic eggs. And those are so expensive. Like almost like I almost laugh as I'm checking out because it's like, how did I just spend seven dollars on eggs? (laughs) Like it's it's crazy to me. So things like that. I mean, I'm trying to think of what else has gone up. I don't I can't think of anything that hasn't gone up, to be honest with you. Everything just seems to be skyrocketing and it doesn't seem to be changing at all even though I think the Biden administration put out something on 4th of July, or it was the year before, where they're like, look, prices are down. Everyone's like, no, they're not. <laughs> I don't know where you're shopping. But so inflation plays a big role in this because all of a sudden people have less money and they're becoming desperate and they're doing things they might not normally do. Or, and this is a big thing too, Connor, they're leaning more towards like drugs and, and substances that are bad for them because they want to escape how bad the situation is with their, with their finances. And so they're going out and they're doing things that maybe they wouldn't, do if they weren't, you know, under the influence of things like that. And they also have more time to do it if they're unemployed. So it's crazy. Connor, I don't know if you have anything to add about that, but just about how, how the economy actually plays a big role in crime.
1: Well, think of it this way. I, I, uh, let's use the example of someone who went to prison for, let's say, robbery. And, uh, and so they, they're in prison and they come out and now, you know, they have, <clears throat> they have to get a job. They have to get an apartment or somewhere to live. They have to rebuild their life. And if costs are super high, jobs are hard to get, you know, if they struggle economically, they're probably going to be tempted to turn to crime to get by. I mean, it's kind of like Aladdin, right? And he's hungry, so he steals the bread. (laughs) But it's okay because he's hungry and he needs it, right? It's kind of this idea. So not everyone who resorts to crime is like inherently a bad person. Some people just find themselves in desperate situations yeah. and they don't really know of other opportunities. So when you, when you have a lot of crime, there's often a lot of, uh, uh, you know, economic challenges that you're pointing out. I think another big one is mental health. A lot of uh, these individuals have very poor mental health. Uh, they have untreated conditions. Um, they're kind of lashing out and acting out. They don't have good support systems. What, what I think of when I think about this, so why do we have so much crime today? Well, I feel like in part it's because our social fabric is very thin. What do I mean by that? Uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, when, he, when America was brand new, the United States of America, Couple decades in, he he was commissioned to come to this new country and to go learn and observe, and then write what he learned and observed, which became the two-volume book called *Democracy in America*, very well-known uh, book. And in there, in one of the remarks, he talks about how amazed, just utterly floored, he was. Regarding how Americans handled social problems. He said, if if you're in Europe and someone is in need of something, there's a problem somewhere, they'll raise their hand to the local minister and say, you know, hey, I need you to fix this. Right? The local politician, the local bureaucrat. They'll say, Hey, this is a problem. You need to, you need to fix this. You need to do something. You need to give me money, whatever. So he says that's the common thing in Europe. This was two and a half centuries ago, you know. And or about a little over two centuries ago, and and he says by contrast in America. He says whenever you see, I'm, I'm paraphrasing obviously going off of memory, but I've read it enough times, to uh, to get accurate enough. He says that in America whenever there's a problem, whenever someone stands in need of something, then Americans rally together to create some type of association or organization and voluntarily persuade those in their community to come to their aid. And he was just floored at how how common this was, at how people were supporting one another, how the social fabric, the, the fabric of our society, uh, people and, and organizations working together and supporting one another. So this kind of interwoven, right? Like, think of it this way. Right now, our society is more... I don't know what the right term is, but we're more kind of top down, where people have a relationship directly with the government. They get welfare, they get benefits, they get stimulus checks, they get all these things directly from the government. And so they turn to the government for help, just like they did in Europe, rather than turning to their fellow man. And so instead of an interwoven fabric of all these interconnected people all helping one another and working together, you have these like loose strands of thread almost, where they're just connected from a single source to each person. Think like those marionettes where you'd have like a control, a little puppet with all the strings, you know, it's just one string going down, 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 all in parallel. And so we have a very weak society and in a weak society where people don't have the need, don't, don't have, don't have, uh, you know, enough for what they need. Then they're going to increasingly turn to crime, especially if, if the social fabric is weak, if our society is weak and, these people have not been raised with good morals or they don't have respect for other people and their property if they don't understand the non-aggression principle and the golden rule and right their parents didn't teach them this they grew up in a in an abusive household or whatever so this is a really big problem it's not enough to say we should hire more police officers (laughs) right to fight crime or or some of these reforms that don't ultimately change the problem i believe that the true problems of, of crime are, you know, whether we're talking theft or we're talking drug crimes or, you know, whatever, um, a lot of these people were raised in very broken homes with abusive parents and, you know, no fathers in the household. The government for decades has basically incentivized women to be single moms mm-hmm. because they say, oh, we'll give you all this financial support if you're a single mom. Well, a lot of... Women kick the men out because they see it as an easy way to just live off welfare and get free money. But it means that they can't have the man in the household. So they kick him to the curb and say, I'm going to raise this baby alone, get the money. So the government over the decades has incentivized this. They've, they've had policies that have encouraged it. Now you have this generation or multiple generations of kids growing up without dads and not having, you know, two parent homes. You look at all the statistics and two parent households are off the charts compared to other family dynamics in raising children who are peaceful and prosperous and successful, right? And avoiding crime and drugs and depression and everything else. So um, I I I struggle to be like, oh, let's let's fix this or let's do that when when it feels like the true solution is so fundamental. And it's it's you know fixing our families, it's rebuilding our social fabric, it's connecting one with another. Because if we really want less crime, if we really want to solve the problem, I think, we need to, I think we need to think of the Henry David Thoreau quote, where he says, for every thousand hacking at the branches of evil, there's only one striking at the root. We can hack at the branches of crime all we want, right? Tweak this, reform that, hire more police officers here, build more jails, pass more laws, right? We can, we can hack at the branches. I think we need to strike at the root. I think we need to find what are those root issues that, if we can address those, they will have a domino effect and and create a positive ripple effect that will lead to solving crime,
0: yeah, I think that's a good point I hadn't even thought of, so thank you for bringing that up. I also want to mention something that made me think of this you know you said you can't solve this with uh you know more laws or more cops, but there's also the the other extreme of that, and I don't know if you've seen images of store shelves in um, places like San Francisco right now. Oh, and they're empty. <laughs> not, they're empty or everything is behind glass. So it's, it's so funny to me. In fact, as we speak right now, there's actually a CVS in DC being completely ransacked. And CVS is just like, don't call the cops. We don't prosecute shoplifters and all this, which, you know, obviously there's a happy medium somewhere in there. It's not, it, it, there's gotta be some, some sort of accountability system, but. There's now become a thing where it's like a, this social justice warrior thing where private companies are not supposed to even enforce theft or it's frowned upon. And if they enforce theft, like going after people who, who steal, then they're told that they're you know racist or this or that. And so it's crazy to me. But the other thing, so it's gotten so bad in San Francisco and even some places here where like soap is locked up. The things that are locked up would shock you. It's not like food. It's crazy. It's, it's bar soap. It's body soap. every time I get Tide Pods, I have to go ask someone to unlock something.
1: For me. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. And it's just so crazy to me. So either store shelves are empty from theft or things are, it's gotten so it where things are locked up. So it's, it's again crazy. And a lot of that again, has to do with economic issues. A lot of it has to do with um, COVID. And I know this might seem like a stretch, but it is because COVID, you talked about mental health. COVID I think was one of the, biggest times in human history where everybody's mental health was collectively bad at the same time. And how could it not be? We were all stuck inside. We were being told all these terrible things were going to happen. For a while, murder hornets were supposed to come get us. I That never happened. I'm still waiting on that one. But it was just all these terrible things were happening and we were all at home watching on the news all day. And like you said, people who are suffering from from mental health they're going they, they, they're they not going to but they are more prone to or they could be more prone to going out and committing these crimes and there's also another big problem which is homelessness and homelessness again is also tied to mental health but it's also tied to things the government has done um also when i you know a lot of the people who are homeless here i don't know i can't speak for for utah but are veterans because dc you know is a town full of military people and You know, we send people off, not we, not you and I, but the military, the government sends people off to fight in wars where we really have no reason to be fighting these wars anyway. And a lot of people don't even really know what they're over there fighting for. They thought they were serving their country or some of them just needed to go to. They thought that was the only way to go to school. And then they come home and they're so damaged from all the things they saw and the things that they had to do. Because, I mean, I can't imagine having to take a life even in war but when you are in the military you you that's what you have to do and so then you have a big part of the the veteran population that is now suffering from mental health and is is sleeping on the streets but you also get people who were forced to live on the streets because the government has put in so many regulations and like zoning laws where housing is so unaffordable that more people end up on the streets and more people become desperate enough to commit crimes so there's all these different factors happening But it's funny to me that it's not, I feel like sometimes like people on the left or progressives aren't even trying to think of solutions. Like maybe, you know, get the government out of housing or things like that. It's all these solutions of like, well, maybe if we don't prosecute, you know, people stealing private property, maybe if we don't do this, but they're not looking at the root causes at all. So it's just really interesting to me. And I hope it gets better, but it doesn't seem to be right now. So a little scary. I
1: I think you're right to point out there's so many factors involved here. There's so many influences and variables and reasons why this is happening, uh, which I think is all the more reason why we need to focus on the root causes. We need to think through what, what are the core reasons why these things are happening and not get too distracted by some of the the branches as it were the the kind of uh secondary issues we got to focus on what's important obviously the kids listening right different matter, you know but but we got to think through this is the world that we're inheriting and if we don't want our society our, our cities excuse me uh, to continue to degrade uh, and be like San Francisco and others, we, we really need to think through how can we create better community? How can we make sure neighbors know one another and that we have a good culture of people who care for one another and don't tolerate nonsense? It's important to think about it, even when, within our own sphere of influence of our family, of just making sure that we're doing our part to connect with others, You know, neighbors, friends, people at your uh, school, your, your homeschool group, your church, whatever, and just connecting with people. Hey, how can I help you? Hey, do you know someone in need? Hey, can we, you know, help you with something or whatever and find ways to rebuild that social fabric that I think is going to have a lot of benefit down the line if we each do our part. Hope you guys have enjoyed that, Brittany. Great shedding as always. And until next time, we'll talk to you later.
0: Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.